You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I am so happy to be in Christ. I know you're happy to be in Christ. And guess what? We always win in Christ. I want you to tag a friend and let them know that we're on this Tuesday. It's going to be a blessing. We're teaching. I began a new uh, series in our last session, and it is entitled, Do You Want What You are saying, do you want what you are saying? This is our second lesson. Now, the theme of this series is the destructive and constructive power of the words we speak. The destructive and constructive power of the words we speak. I want to go back to our background text, and then we're going to review uh, some before we get into today's lesson. Our background text is Mark eleven twenty three in the authorized King James Version. That's the traditional King James. Jesus here is speaking. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he Saith. Now notice that latter part of that 23rd verse. Jesus says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So let's review and, and, and then we'll take off. And last session, lesson one, I gave you two life-changing truths. And I'll give them to you again today. Number one, based off Mark eleven twenty three, you are having what you consistently say. You are having what you consistently say, what you speak out of your mouth. I'm having what I consistently say out of my mouth. That is a profound insight. Most people don't realize that they're experiencing what they consistently speak with their mouths. Here's the second life-changing truth. You can have what you say. Now, maybe... What you're experiencing in your life is not what you want. Well, this second life-changing truth is good for you because Jesus says you can have what you say. So you can change what you have been saying. We began to talk about 
the destructive side. We're going to talk about the positive side, constructive side, but we began talking about, and we want to continue talking about the destructive power of spoken words, the destructive power of spoken words. And I gave you five proof texts. I'll peruse them. Proverbs 6, 2 says that we're snared by the words of our mouth. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21 says that we're satisfied by the fruits of our mouth. It also says death and life are in the power of the tongue. We're either speaking death to our life or we're speaking life to our life. Notice it doesn't say death and life is the power of faith. Death and life is in the power of Satan. Death and life, the Bible says, is in the power of the tongue. And then our third witness was Malachi 3, 13 through 14, where God reprimanded Israel because they were saying in Matthew, pardon me, Malachi 3, 13 and 14, they were saying it was useless to tithe. And then we looked at Matthew 6, 31, and Jesus spoke to us. And he said, don't take a thought of insufficiency and speak it. We give life to our words. We give life to our thoughts by speaking them. We give life to our thoughts by speaking them. So Jesus says, take no thought of insufficiency and speak it. And then we uh, looked at James 3, 6, and I want to go back to that because that text is critical to the continuation of the lesson that we began in our first session. Let's look, at a, look again at James 3, 6, and I'll read from the New King James Version. Just one verse. It says, and the tongue, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. Now, this last part of that verse, the B part of that verse, verse 6, James 3, 6, it says that the tongue, your tongue, my tongue, our tongues, it says the tongue will set on fire the course of nature. And then it says it is set on fire the course of nature by hell, H-E-L-L. Now, let's give definition to the phrase set on fire the course of nature, and let's give definition to the word hell. The Bible says that the tongue set on fire the course of nature. The course of nature means the whole life. It sets on fire when we're speaking negative, destructive words, it sets on fire 
the whole of our lives. It sets on fire the wheel of existence. And I'll go back through that again. Imagine a wheel, a bicycle wheel, some other kind of wheel. It's circular. Usually it has a rubber tire around the metal frame in a frame of the wheel. In the middle of the wheel is a hub, the center, and in the middle of that wheel are spokes, spokes that connects the hub to the circular wheel. And the scripture says that the fire, that the tongue is like a fire in the hub of a wheel. And the spokes of our lives, every one of us, every person on planet Earth has five basic needs, primary needs. There are other needs, spiritual, mentally, emotional, physical, social, that's relationships, and financial. Every need primarily falls within those five things. These are the spokes of the wheel of existence. And the tongue in the hub would set on fire our spiritual life, our mental emotional life, our physical health life, our financial life, our relationship life, our social life. And that's what we've been talking about. The word hail, the tongue sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. The word hell here stands for the power of darkness. And the word hell describes, is described as the source of the evil done or the cause of the misuse of the tongue. So this text in James 3, 6 is saying that this tongue, this loose tongue, this destructive tongue, this negative tongue, this negative words are really uh, influenced by Satan, influenced by hell. And many Christians don't realize that Satan is influencing their words. And when these negative words are flowing out of our mouths, is Satan influencing and ushering us and motivating us to keep talking these negative words because it releases him to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. So what I wanted to do, I wanted to talk about words that we should not be speaking And we wanted to look at the wheel of existence, our spiritual life, negative words that impact our spiritual life in a negative way, our emotional mental life, words that connect, that impact our health, mental health and emotional health in a negative way. And then we want to look at words that impact our physical health in a, in a negative way and our safety in a negative way. And in our financial uh, material prosperity and our academic life, if we're students and our relationships socially. Now, what we completed in our lesson one, we talked about our spiritual life, gave you things that we should not be saying. We talked about our emotional and mental health. 
words that we should not be saying. We talked about our physical health, words that we should not be saying, our safety and security, words that we should not be saying. Now, I'm going to ask the question again, do you want what you are saying? That's so very important because Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three says that we're having, experiencing in our life, the words that we consistently say. And Jesus is also teaching us that we will have what we say, or we can have what we say. So the question is, do you want what you are saying? So let's pick up now and talk about our academic, the academic arena. Maybe you're a student. And these are the kind of kinds of words that you should not be saying because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and he knows everything. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He, he, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. And he can give you insight even into the academic world if you allow him to. And the angels will be creating situations if you're talking the right words. But let's look at some of the words that we shouldn't be saying. I just can't get this. I can't get this school thing. It's just a waste of my time. Is that what you want to have? Are you saying what you want? I have always struggled with this. I have always struggled with math. I have always struggled with science. I have always struggled with statistics. I have always struggled with so-and-so. Is that what you want? It, are you saying what you want? Or do you want to always struggle with that particular topic? That's a hard subject. And I said that about physics when I was in high school. That's a hard subject. I ran from it because I kept saying it's a hard subject. Now, it's amazing that I was an honor student, an academic honor student, didn't make a whole lot of C's in my life, you know, college or in high school. And yet I kept saying, physics too hard. I, that's too hard. I can't handle that. I'm not. And you know what? I ran from it. Aced a lot of these other subjects, but I just talked myself out of physics. I'll probably fail. I will probably fail. I study, but I, I I'll forget everything I studied. Is that is listen, do you want what you're saying? You study, but you'll probably not remember everything, anything you studied. Is that what you want? My teachers are not. Whatever, they're not good, they're not clear, they're not whatever. My teachers are not. If I can just get a C, I'll be satisfied. 
Let me ask you a question. Do you want what you're saying? Maybe you do want just to see. Maybe that, maybe that's the, the, the highest level that you want. If I can just get a C. I hate school. Listen, do you want what you are saying? Because Jesus says that we're having what we consistently say. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that we can have what we say. So do you want what you're saying, student? Let's talk. Uh, we're talking about the wheel of existence. Let's talk about our financial life. Let's talk about prosperity. Let's talk about success in life. Let's look at some things we should not be saying. I'm probably going to lose my job. way things are now, I'll probably lose my house. I never have enough money. I can't afford that word. Those words you should really eradicate out of your, your mouth because you're never going to experience prosperity if that... I can't afford is a part of your vocabulary. You're never going to walk in prosperity. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to pay my bills. I can't afford to have this. I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to experience this. I can't afford to go. Listen, if I can't afford is a part of your vocabulary, you're never going to walk in prosperity, material, natural prosperity, even though it's God's will for you. So do you want what you're saying? I can't get a break. I just can't get a break. No one's hiring is, are you saying what you want? I'm never going to get ahead. I don't care how hard I try. I'm never going to get ahead. Gas prices so high, you can't even take a vacation. You can't go anywhere because gas prices so high. Are you saying what you want. Maybe you're in business. Maybe you hire people. You know, it's so hard to find uh, good help. I hear people say that. It's so hard, especially people in business. It's so hard to find good help. Are you saying what you want? Is that what you want to it to be hard to find good help? I give, but I never get anything back. I give, but I never get anything back. You know, tithing doesn't work for me. I've been tithing, but I don't get anything from it. it are you saying what you want? Is that what you want? I don't know how I'm going to make it. Listen, I'm just living from payday to payday. I'm just living from payday to payday. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Are you saying what you want? Now, you may say, well, you know, I, you're just carrying that too far. How can our words make that much of a difference? I am just quoting to you what Jesus said. He's the one. I didn't write Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus is the one who said, whosoever shall speak to this mountain and shall not doubt in his heart, 
but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. I didn't write the Bible. Now, I am, I believe, being led by the Spirit of God because I stand in the office of a prophet. And I believe that God is directing me because I believe some people have lost their way in the pandemic. I believe some Christians have lost their way. Now, I'm not talking about they lost their salvation. I, I, I believe some people who've been taught the word are talking like people who have not been taught the word. I believe God has instructed me to go over some things because I believe we've allowed something, some things to slip. You know, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter two, it says that we're to give heed to the things we have heard. Let's at any time we let them slip. You see, maybe God is, you, maybe you're saying, well, you know, I heard that. You taught that years ago. I got that. I know this. And, you know, tell me something different. Well, I don't think I need to tell you something different if you're talking about how high gas prices are. I don't need to tell you any different if you're saying that you can't take a vacation because of the prices and you can't buy groceries because of the prices and you can't find work. Listen, you don't need another subject. You need to get this down in your spirit. So have you lost your way? Let's talk relationship. Let's talk socially. Let's talk about our relationships. Singles, I'll talk to you for a moment. Let's, I'm going to talk to you singles, single men, single women. There are no good men anywhere. There are no good men anywhere. Do you want what you're saying? That there are no good men, no good women anywhere. Because think about a single, if there's no, you're a single female, and you said there are no good men anywhere, then for you, there will be no good men on planet Earth, because you said there are no good men anywhere, no good women anywhere. Christian men are no different than unsaved men. So you're saying that the millions of Christian men, and there are millions of Christian men, you're saying Christian men, that's what you said. You said Christian men, that's all men. Christian men are no different than unsaved men. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to be running into Christian men who are no different than unsaved men. That is not true. Statistically, it's not true because you hadn't met all men. You don't know all men. It is not statistically true. It may be true in your experience, the people that you've experienced, but statistically, it is not true. And then biblically, it's not true. That's the same thing that Elijah said. I'm the only one. There's nobody else, nobody else serving God. There are no men who serve God. There's no men who want to be selling. There's no men, period. 
You have declared with your mouth that there are no good men, and you have declared with your mouth that the that Christian men are no different than unsaved men. And I'm asking the question, do you want what you're saying? All men want is sex. I'm talking to you, single female. All men want is sex. Now, that's all men, millions, billions of men, and all they want is sex. There's not a man on planet Earth who will love you for you and would be willing to abstain in a relationship with you. You believe that there's not a man on planet Earth who's with have your value system, a biblical based value system, because all men, all they want, they don't want you, they don't want your mind, they don't want your beauty, they don't want your value, they don't want all of you, they just want sex. That's what you're saying. And so I'm just asking you a question. Do you want what you're saying? Do you want that? Mayor people, let me ask you a question. I will never get married again. Been there, done that. And usually if people who've gone through a bad marriage, people who uh, have gone through divorce, I don't want to get married again. Now you got that right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you have to be married to be happy. If you make a choice to be single and you're happy and fulfill nothing missing, nothing lacking in you, nothing wrong. Jesus was single. Paul was single. No, I'm just saying that I wouldn't personally say that because the day may come where you may want to get married again. And then I don't think you should base the future off the experience you had. Maybe you had a bad marriage. Maybe you had a bad situation. But that doesn't mean God can't give you a positive situation in the future. So do you want what you are saying? Marriage is not for me. Is that what you, I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe that's what you want. Marriage is not for me. If it's not for you, then don't get married because you don't already say it's not for you. So you're not going to get anything out of it because you're already saying you've already prophesied your future. I want to I don't want any more children. I just don't want any more children. I tell I tell young married people, don't say that. Listen, if you don't want any more children, fine. That's all right. I wouldn't say it if you're young. Right now, a young married couple, you know, I wouldn't say that. I just wouldn't say that. Because all you have to do is not get any more children. You don't have to say it. I think what happens if down the road somewhere your thought process change, but you've already prophesied you don't want anymore, but if you're, why don't you just be quiet about it? Why don't you just be quiet? Because, see, do what it takes to not have children if you don't want it more, but you don't, I wouldn't prophesy it because you're young and you don't know whether down the road you may change. Or you could very well marry somebody else who wants children, but you don't already prophesy you don't want anymore. 
And then so you you you've you've cursed your situation ahead of time. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust a single person. I don't trust anyone. Do you want what you're saying? Because you need to be able to trust someone. It's it's too good to be true. It won't last. Wow, that's a great confession. It's too good to be true. It won't last. And here God has blessed you. And the scripture says what the Lord does is forever. The Lord has blessed you. And you said if it's too, it, it won't last. Too good to be true. It won't last. Too good to be true. It won't last. No one listens to me. I can't get any respect. Why do I always attract bad men or bad women? Why do I always, why do I always? Do you want what you're saying? Now, listen, I want to close out uh, this part, and we're going to move to something in our next episode. But I want to quote a couple of scriptures that David said, the powerful scriptures. Listen to what David said in Psalm 17, verses 3b through 4. He said, David said, I have purpose that my mouth shall not transgress concerning the works of men, By the word of your lips, by the word of your lips, Father, I have kept away from the path of the destroyer. Now, notice what he says. He says, I have purpose that my mouth won't transgress. I will not say something outside of God's word, contrary to God's word. He said, concerning the works of men, by your word, Lord, the words of your lips, I have kept away from the path of the shore. He said, now I took your words, the words that come out of your lips, and your words have kept me from the path of the destroyer. Listen what David said in Psalm 39, verse 1. David said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. Now, David says, I'm going to guard my ways because I don't want to sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. He said, I'm going to restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Right away, David is saying, I have to be careful what I say because the wicked will take my words and use my words against me. Now, there's a natural application. You need to be careful what you're saying because wicked people will take your words and bring your words and try to attack you and destroy you and undermine you with what you said. So you have to be careful when you're around people who don't care for you, don't like you, enemies. You have to be careful what you're saying. But on a spiritual side, demons are always listening to our words because they need our words to bring the destruction they want to bring in our lives. So you have to be careful from a spiritual perspective what you say because angels are listening for your sp- when you're speaking God's word, but demons are listening when you speak words against Scripture because that's the material that demons use to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Now, in our first two lessons, we've talked about the destructive power of spoken words. We're going to look in our next lesson, lesson three. We're going to go back to Mark chapter 11, and we're going to see that situation where Jesus cursed a fig tree and it withered from the roots. And we're going to see what we can learn from that episode. I love you. Thank you for spending this time. I pray that you have a wonderful rest of the week and we'll see you next time.